Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the News Agent Podcast. I'm Sia, Head of Content at Goodlord. This is a recording of a webinar with three Goodlord Lettings experts, Costas Francesco, Director of Growth, Aaron Stannard, Customer Success Manager, and Lauren Burnett, Mid-Market Manager. So without further ado, on with the podcast. Look, welcome to today's uh, webinar. Um, we are continuing our theme uh, along the uh, lines of Renters Reform Bill. And also, I'm very pleased today uh, to be joined by two of my amazing colleagues uh, at Good Lord. Uh, as for myself, I am Costas. I am Director of Growth here at Good Lord. Uh, but uh, many of you I may may know behind uh, behind the webinar, uh, as have been in the industry for around 20 years, uh, assisting agents along that time. Can I, uh, can I ask, uh, Aaron, would you like to introduce yourself of course hi there and lovely to meet you all i work as a customer success manager at good lord um, but prior to that i spent 12 years in the lettings industry both working in the corporate and the independent world most recently as a head of lettings for a multi-branch independent and lauren tell us about yourself hello um, so i oversee the team here at good lord who manage our um mid multi-branch uh, agents and prior to working at good lord i was an agent myself in the lettings industry for around about 15 years most recent as an associate director also for a multi-branch agency and only based in london Fantastic. Um, so great. So, um, um, you know, in terms of today, in terms of this next phase of uh, the return of Vaughan Bill and, and supporting agents in the industry out there, one of the uh, benefits that obviously Good Lord has is uh, as a group, we have around th- just under 3,000 agency, uh, agencies that use us. Uh, and, uh, you know, obviously every day we're having conversations and, uh, we get a great insight into what uh, agents are currently, uh, how they're thinking about the Renters Reform Bill, but also um, some of the options that some of them are taking at the moment to prepare for what may or may not happen, depending in which newspaper or uh, website you plan to read uh, at the moment. Um, so, yes, um, and also thank you to Steph, who's behind the scenes, uh, who'll be running our slides for us today. Um, Steph, would like to go forward? Fantastic. Um, in terms of today's webinar, along with many of our other webinars, uh, they are CPD uh, certified. Um, so uh, as long as you make it to the end and hopefully we'll make it exciting enough for you to get there, um, you'll be uh, issued with a certificate to prove that you have been on the webinar. Uh, and hopefully we have made a, a positive change to you, your business, your colleagues uh, and to your obviously tenants and landlords as well. Um in addition to this, if you've missed any of our other uh, webinars, um, please go to the Goodall website uh, and there you will see uh, that you can look back on demand uh, on previous webinars. There's been a few at the moment, uh, some really great ones, bringing in specialists from the marketplace from a, a legal compliance perspective. Um, and they're there to help you uh, understand and guide you through the changes and what kind of things you may need to be thinking about uh, moving forward. Um, in addition to that, uh, two big things are happening as well uh, from, from a global perspective. Firstly, uh, we're doing our latest state of the industry uh, survey. So um, at the end of this webinar, uh, you'll receive a thank you from us. And alongside that thank you, there'll be a link. Uh, today's webinar is only possible because we get to share lots of good and bad practices sometimes from what agents have attempted. Um, and the, the survey is another opportunity for you to share your story uh, for us to look at the marketplace as a whole and see um, how agents are, are perceiving the future um, and what changes we and other suppliers can help you uh, along that way. In addition to that as well, 
um, to support you and your teams. We've actually put together a very short, it's a one hour course on the renters reform. So one of the things we're going to be discussing today in quite a bit of detail is what agents are doing to make sure that their teams, that they uh, are, are knowledgeable, uh, because trust me, a lot of landlords, as you will probably already know, are already doing their homework. Um, and as professionals, we need to be one step ahead of our clients in terms of our knowledge base. So a great way to do that uh, would be to share, uh, and we'll share the link with you once again on our thank you email, uh, share that with yourself and with the team, with your teams. Um, it's a one hour course, but what it will do is it will absolutely upskill them in knowing what has been suggested, what that means. So they are having any kind of conversations with landlords, tenants uh, and, and investors. Um, they know that you know, they have the best information uh, at hand. Thank you. Um, for those of you who may be attending our webinar for the first time and not sure who Good Lord are, firstly, where have you been? Uh, but no, secondly, um, uh, Good Lord are um, market leaders in uh, pre-tenancy. Okay. Uh, so as mentioned before, as a group, we have just over, just under 3,000 uh, different agencies that use our products and services. Um, and we look after our agents for throughout the uh pre pre core of the of the uh tenancy everything from starting with your landlord terms of business automating and with the most automated uh journey uh, a letting agent can have uh automating that all the way through to signing documents collecting money collecting the rent paying the rent out um and obviously servicing your your tenants as well uh all the way through their hopefully positive journey um so if you haven't spoken to us previously or you'd like to speak to us again to see how we may be able to help your business uh please you know Go once again, go to our website. There'll be links um, and uh, we're more than happy to give you a, a free free demonstration on how the platform is working today. OK, so uh, once again, so in terms of today, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, preparing for the renters reform bill. Uh, we're definitely seeing two camps in the marketplace. We have agents that are saying well still have some age saying it's not going to happen and therefore i'm just going to sit back and wait until i need to um and then on, we have other agents that are saying actually something will happen and actually there are some changes i can make to my business today that actually uh, are positive even if the reform bill is delayed but there's definitely stuff i can do today that will safeguard myself and the business moving forward um, so in terms of the topics we're going to be touching on today uh we're going to touch on conversations of feedback we've had from our customers uh around uh establishing a uniform and reassuring message uh, for their customers so preparing their teams and making sure their teams can have those conversations um the next one is around obviously maintaining your profit margins uh we're definitely in a world uh and you probably might guess i'm old enough to have been around in 2008 2009 uh just about i think it was three uh but in in at that point in time um we uh ages definitely moved from uh looking at uh driving more revenue to actually okay based on the market that we're working in today how do we create better margins on the business we do have uh, while obviously expanding our uh, our share of market? Um, staying compliant, obviously, always important, not just for this reform bill, uh, but we'll talk you through some of the things you may need to be considering and thinking about from a, a compliant point of view. Um, and also, if you have any questions, uh, please pop them into the, into the chat uh, and we'll try and pick up as many questions as we can for you. Um, obviously, a lot of the stuff we're sharing today are ideas from other agents. Um, it's not necessarily our own, um, but today's more of a, you know, uh, you know giving you access to potentially what up 3000 agents how they're thinking what they're doing and how they're moving forward okay so let's kick off with our first 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 uh, part 
Wonderful. So, uh, firstly, so, um, what show that let's watch. So the first part is all around, uh, obviously, uh, a uniform message and, um, what should you be doing to make sure that your team are in the right position for that? Um, Aaron, would you like to kick us off? Absolutely. So I think before any communication goes out to any of the landlords, what I would be focusing on spending time doing is upskilling the team internally. Um, whether that's through in-house training, whether that's through online webinars such as this one, whether that's th- through reading blog posts or even even articles in the news. Uh, what I would expect is that each member of the team could have a very good understanding of each of the key facts of the Renters Reform Bill and more importantly, how those have a knock-on effect with the landlords. Uh, I certainly wouldn't be expecting them to be able to recite word for word the bill, um, but, but the impact that it can have on a landlord and how to overcome any concerns that a landlord would have, um, I think that would probably be my first port of call. Fantastic. Um, and, and Lauren, obviously you've, you've managed branches as well, but what, would, uh, what, would you, what kind of things would you be suggesting uh, from a team perspective in, in preparing for, uh, for, the, for the, the noise that's out there at the moment? I think, um, firstly, I think the reassuring message, um, you can't necessarily reassure any of your customers unless you're reassuring your staff. And I think it's about putting a positive spin on that as well with your staff, making sure that your staff don't feel that it's as scary um, as it sounds. It does sound very, very scary, but it's not as scary as it is, we promise. Um, And I think it's just making sure that you're preparing your team for that and how they can can pot every single part of the bill um, into a positive, uh, you can do that to your team on a positive spin so that they can then do, do that moving forward uh, with their customers their landlords etc um i think it's just about setting up uh, making sure that you're setting your team up for a good a good start whether that be like aaron said courses um you know following up making sure that there's a designated person within the business um who will look after the renters reform bill stuff so anytime that there's any type of um update um setting up google alerts so that person can then pass that on to the remainder of the team so everyone is singing off of the same hymn sheet no, I think that's, a, that's actually a great point, actually, because um, in most, yeah, in, probably should, in all lettings businesses, there'll be someone who's so is responsible for the compliance side and making sure that they stay on top, they have the latest information, making sure that the, the business stays protected. Um, yeah, I agree, totally agree with you. That that should be exactly the same in your business right now about the renters reform bill. Who is who is the owner of that? Who is communicating? Who is making sure that everybody has the latest information? Because because we know that landlords are asking questions and landlords are reaching out from that perspective. Um, are there any customer stories at all? Any you know any of our clients that are doing anything specifically uh, or from a from a from a educating staff or or getting their staff aligned point of view that you could share? Absolutely. So I was speaking with an agent just yesterday and um, I think Roper has been key on their mind anyway. And I think what the Renters Reform Bill has has done is it's just prompted them to, to really upskill their staff and start putting them through their, their professional qualifications, whether that's ALA, Property Mark, um, because, because I think legislation is going to play more of a part in how a landlord chooses their agent and their expectations of an agent and their knowledge is certainly going to be at the all-time high. And I think it just differentiates you above the rest. No, absolutely. And once again, I think one of the fears for this is uh, we don't have the time. There's there's lots of you know there's lots of work already, and we're all busy, and we're all pulled we're pulling all, all, all from all sides at the moment. Um, but this doesn't have to be a big task. It doesn't have to be. You know, um, I've seen some smart things out there from certain, some agents. Uh, some agents are giving their staff um, you know half an hour a day in their diaries or a week, uh, just half an hour a week. 
uh, within their diaries where uh, they're using that for either training or to listen to a podcast or to to look back at a webinar and just make sure that they really land. Um, and I think the main thing here is um, don't presume uh, don't presume that your staff know uh, and don't presume that your staff are telling the same message as you might be to your, to your clients and are you confusing your clients from that perspective um, so it's definitely definitely one that you, we need to think about in terms of uh, of aligning that uh, without a shadow of a doubt uh, and one of the things we're going to touch on later and we already had a question in uh, from Amin uh, around section 13 we will be we will be touching on that later I promise you obviously a hot potato there um, but um uh, I, I have found personally from speaking to some agents that uh, a lot of although the, although the owner of the business and some of the senior people or the more experienced people in the business understand the difference between section 21 and section 13, that actually when you go down to uh, the ground level within the business, um, if, you, if, if someone's never had an experience of a, of a section 13, because they've always done section 21s, that actually if a, a landlord was to ask them, what's the difference, they'd be stumped. Uh, and that wouldn't really bode, bode well uh, from that perspective. Um, I will answer, I, I was going to answer a bit later, but uh, I've had a great question from Helen. Helen, what podcasts would you recommend? I'd recommend Good Lords podcasts. Um, so, uh, being cheeky, uh, there, there's other great people out there. Uh, so I would also, you know, there's some, there's some great people just listening to, uh, you know, obviously, you know, Chris Watkin, big fan of Chris Watkin, uh, Stephen Brown. There's other people out there that are, uh, that, that are sharing lots of information out there, but, um, all of our webinars and, uh, are on our podcast as well. Uh, but also in addition to that, uh, we do have some unique podcasts as well. So, uh, find just find your way down to a good old site and you can download our podcast there, uh, without a shadow of a doubt. So, uh, there, there's another opportunity for you. Uh, and that's a great point as well, because actually there's a great, great agent in West London that I know. And one of the ways that he himself has made sure that he is staying ahead with information on, uh, on, on renters reform bill. And also another way that he's checking that his staff are communicating the right the right things to his clients um is he's actually listening to the podcast on the way to work so in terms of fitting it in his day he has a 40 minute journey in the morning and a 40 minute journey home so not listening to podcasts but also i would hope most agents now will have some kind of facility for recording calls within their business so he downloads probably half an hour's worth of phone calls um, every other day. And he listens to those phone calls, phone calls on the way in just to make sure that the message is aligned with the business message. Um, and I think that's another, another great and quick and easy way that agents can um, can help their staff uh, and make sure that business stays front of mind uh, market leaders. Um, next part of this is obviously uh, communicating with with landlords um so we're hearing from lots of our our, our agents uh we've got, have you got any material you can share please lots of my landlords are, are asking me questions um uh, is there something i could share i'd like to or i'd like to give my landlords updates i'd like to make sure that they're feeling comfortable um where, where do we where are we sitting on that one lauren yeah we've actually um we've actually got some stuff coming out for our customers um so that they have uh things that they can share with their landlords as well um but i think it's you know going back on what we said uh just previously that making sure that your your talk tracks are in unison everyone is singing off of the same the same hymn sheet everyone is saying the same uh the same things and really understanding every single element of the renters reform bill and how it does um affect landlords and again reassuring them that actually most of the changes 
because yes, they are annoying. We understand that. Um, but actually um, reassuring them that most of the changes that are due to come into place are actually things that we can work around and things that are in place already anyway. Um, and it's just, you know, reassuring, again, keep repeating that word, reassuring message um, to actually let the, the landlords know that there are always a positive, that there is a positive spin on absolutely everything. Um, you know, just for an example, in terms of the, the Section 21 notices, um, Section 21 notices for agents, the, the, the easy way out, right? We've, we're, we're used to doing it. I've been an agent myself. They were the easy way out. Um, and Section 8s were always deemed to be the big, scary sections that nobody particularly wants to serve. And landlords are now scared of those. Um, in actual fact, the grounds for Section 8 um, have been strengthened. So it's kind of saying, reassuring your landlord and sort of saying, OK, so if you want to get your tenants out of the property, what are your main concerns here? Like, what would be the reason as to why you want to get the, the, your tenants out of the property? And then sort of saying, right, OK, look, nine times out of ten, it's because I need to sell. It's because I've got family that need to move into it. I need to move back into it. Good news, Mr. Landlord. The, the grounds have been strengthened. You can still do that. And it's just making sure that your staff are putting the positive notes out to the uh, to the landlords yeah yeah and once again there's a, that's a, a great point you know if you know if we really looked at ourselves in terms of why does why does a landlord want possession from a good tenant today and it's either to sell the property or it's uh, or, or they or, or they want to move back into the property themselves or, or family now need the property um so so you know that's that that for me is a, is a huge thing in terms of you know Section 13 strengthens that. So, you know, if that's why landlords would want a possession, then to tell them, you know, it's stronger than ever. We've actually got more power behind us now through Section 13 should you need to take the property back um, for either to sell or, or to move into. Um, Aaron, anything else? Any, any other communication? Obviously, we've got, we, we talked about Section 21, uh, but obviously there's things such as, uh, you know, potentially rent caps or rent increases being controlled um, and, and, and pet insurance and everything else. What, what other things uh, are you hearing from agents in terms of how they're communicating to, to their landlords at the moment on those, on those topics? I think the best agent that I spoke to had sent out a mass email. And for them, this was the best opportunity that they had, given that it's such a big legislation change to review with historic landlords, whether that's your fully managed stock, whether that's historic let only landlords. They sent out a great email that, that went out to, I think, in excess of 2000 landlords. And it was just a really good opportunity to re-engage, highlighting the key points of the renters reform bill. But also, also adding a really positive spin on it at how they are tackling it, how they are are providing more protection for a landlord given the potential changes coming on board. And I think the response that they had from it, because of the tone of the email, it encouraged any landlord to get in contact to talk through any concerns that they've got. Actually, off the back of that email, they're now seeing some instructions coming through from historic let-only landlords. So I think as long as you can portray that really knowledgeable insight to the Renters Reform Bill, you can look beyond the headlines and actually break down the detail of the Renters Reform Bill and maybe that it's not as scary as it's being perceived. It's a really positive message to send to your landlords. And we always talk about obviously agents justifying their fees. And there's a, a perfect example of an agent that's actually reminding the landlord of why why they need their service, uh, why they need them for their support. Fantastic. Um, let's move on to the next topic. So conscious of time, I want to make sure we cover uh, each of the ones. Um, so the next one uh, is uh, all around, obviously, maintaining profit margins. That's why we're all here, I would hope. Um, so uh, in first, the first part of that is 
um, in terms of adapting your business model. So, you know, renters reform bill is still, it hasn't reached its second reading yet. It's still, there's no date, uh, potentially of when this might come in force and we're still not 100% clear what will come into force. So, um, you know, why would I be changing my, my, my business model now? What kind of things would you be focusing on? Um, Lauren, if you were, if you were running your business still today, uh, what kind of things would you be thinking about in terms of preparing yourself? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to happen. And I know we, there, there are a few agents that go, it's not going to happen. And we fought this with the Tenant Fee Act. Um, and I think if that's anything to go by, um, what we learned there is that we can adapt. Um, the market isn't doomed. It's not over. And we can adapt to make our business still work. Um, one of the first things I would probably be thinking about now is the way that you're uh, collecting fees, how your how your landlords are, are uh, paying, whether they're uh, predominantly, I would probably say, the less only landlords the landlords are paying their fees up front for a duration of a period of term we don't know what that term is going to be now we don't know if it's going to be six months four months 12 months 24 months etc um so i would start uh thinking about how we're going to do that one of those things i would suggest is perhaps working on a monthly rolling month by month um moving all of your landlord your let only landlord portfolio onto a rent collection um portfolio uh, and start taking fees on a month by month basis um and this is how you're going to protect um your new business sort of coming in especially from your your landlords on your on your less only portfolios um that would be one of the first things that i would sort of start start thinking about how you're paying your fees and how you're going to start collecting them moving forward and Aaron, have you seen any 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 sort of uh, agents adapting their business model already or uh, are putting plans in place I think historically, let only fees, for instance, using that as a as a prime example, have always been taken as as one lump sum, whether that's the first month's rent, whether that's a fixed amount, say three fifty plus VAT. And I think much like we saw with the with the tenant fee ban, there's almost a new norm that that becomes the way that all agents are doing it. And it's it could be a monthly let only fee, whether that's six percent, whether that's eight percent of the monthly rent, which then gives you a very easy opportunity to to upsell to a fully managed. And I think the more agents that then start thinking along these lines, it will then become what a landlord will expect. Um, so that's that's sort of the first avenue. And then I think another agent that I was speaking with just last week, whilst not creating a knee, knee-jerk reaction, they had quite a few student lets. And we know that that's the area currently receiving the most scrutiny um, under the bill. And what they're now doing, albeit they're not changing any of the properties away from the student market, but what they are doing is earmarking um, any potential property that could well work on the professional sharing market as opposed to the student market as well. So, so they're just safeguarding their landlords. Fantastic. And I think one of the key things for me as well, and this is the conversation I was having um, uh, about three, four weeks ago with an agent around, you know, why would I change anything now? Uh, because this, you know, this is at least a year or two away. Um, and one of the other things that another agent said to me, which I stole and used at that point in time, uh, was the fact that um, the average tenancies now across across the country, maybe different regionally, but across the country, average tenancy length at the moment is moving towards four, four and a half years and could go even further. So actually, the tenancies you're setting up today as a business will still be in play when the renters reform bill comes in and therefore those tenants will still be there. So in terms of thinking about um, your, your, your current contract, your terms of business, how you take fees, um, how complicated or easy you want to make that or how well you want to protect that. Um, you are protecting tenancies that will be in play 
when renters reform bill comes in and therefore from from that perspective um from a from a contracts contracts point of view um you know let's 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 think about things like landlord terms of business so i'm so yeah because as a landlord the sign terms of business with you and my tenant potentially is going to be there for the next five years um what should i be looking for from a from a terms of business point of view from my perspective, I, th- I think it's it's just making sure that you can charge for all of the things that perhaps you're doing for free for your landlord currently. I think particularly with, with let-only landlords, their expectations of an agent are almost that you're a fully managed landlord for agent for them as well. Um, so I think it's just making sure that it's very, very clear in your terms and conditions what you do and what you don't charge for. Uh, whether that's general advice, whether that's popping in to, to carry out a rent review, whether that's a periodic in- inspection, just making sure your terms of business caters for anything that you might well need to charge for moving forward to keep that landlord compliant. Fantastic, fantastic. And off the, <laughs> off the back of that, as sorry, just off the back of that as well, just ensuring that the terminology that you're inputting within your terms of business as well is correct. Because now, I mean, especially for renewals, you're going to have terms that say that you can only renew on, on a fixed term basis and just ensuring that actually your fees are going to be um, applicable for the duration of the tenancy on all periodic basis. So just ensuring that actually the terminology used will cover you. Um, to ensure that actually you can continue collecting um, the fee that you want to charge for as long and for the full duration of that tenancy for as long as the tenants are in situ. Yeah, that's, that's great. So I, I do know one agent already that um, uh, who's, who's changing their their, their 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 landlord terms because at the moment it says they only get paid on on a uh, on a completed renewal contract. Uh, and if renewals are no longer there, then that's going to be a, a nice sidestep for a lot of their landlords uh, and not great for the business. Um, in terms of um, ways to protect your income stream. So, you know, we've been through this before. You mentioned, I think, uh, Aaron, you mentioned the, the tenant fee ban previously where, where agents were looking at potentially a 20% drop uh, and agents on the whole have done an amazing job of actually uh, controlling their businesses and their income streams. Um, what, are, what other tips do we have? Uh, what are we hearing from, uh, from agents looking to, uh, to protect? I think it's, it's just a case of looking at different revenue streams. Ultimately, we know that monthly management fees are probably one of the best sources of income. And it's almost seen that, that renewal charges and other lump sum are almost seen as a bonus. So it's, it's a case of, okay, well, what other monthly revenue streams can we look at? Uh, whether that's, whether that's, uh, for instance, additional insurance policies, whether that is a case of, okay, well, if rent arrears are going to be a factor moving forward, from an agency's perspective, unless they are receiving rent, more often than not, they're not receiving their management fee. So from an agency perspective, it's, it's if your management fee is dwindling, you need to make sure that you are safeguarding not only that landlord, but also you as an agency. So whether it's policies like rent and legal protection that will make sure that even if the tenant's not paying the rent, you're receiving it and therefore you're receiving your your monthly management fee. Or whether it is a case of you start charging for other services that that perhaps you've done for free, whether that is a rent review, whether that is issuing a, a Section 13 notice to increase the rent. I think it's just making sure that everything that you can charge for, every service that you offer to your landlord, is being explored yeah um also what now you've mentioned section 13 it's uh I, I, an apology and correction from me uh i've been i've been mentioning 
um, uh, uh, section 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 uh, thirteen rather than section eight as the replacement uh, for the alternative for for, for twenty one. Uh, you probably all guess now what's happening in my private life at the moment. Uh, a lot of focus of conversations going around section thirteen. Uh, but uh, but yes, absolutely. Uh, so obviously section eight replacing twenty one, not thirteen. So apologies on my behalf uh, for anyone that I may have confused. Uh, moving on, uh, and that's why it's great to have these open forums. Um, there we are. Um, right. Potential losses. So, what, what what are the potential losses? Where where you know where 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 should a, uh, an agent should be? Where, where where is the risk? Where are agents risking? When we ask our agents about what what their concerns are, where where are the risks at the moment? One of the risks uh, for the customers that we've been speaking to, or quite a few of our customers, have said that the worry is the loss of renewal fees, um, which naturally, if the tenancy is on a rolling periodic tenancy, um, it means that the loss of renewal fees, there could be a loss of renewal fees. And I think if you, those are already charging renewal fees, I think you just need to work a way of um, planning renewal fees into your business structure and your model um, just a lot more cleverly um, and making sure that actually, as long as your terms of business are saying that you're going to continue collecting those fees on a month by month basis until either party serves notice and the tenancy expires um, then you will still continue to take your renewal fees so in that event if you are changing your business model and changing the way that you're collecting your fees there I see no reason why you can't continue with your renewal fees um, I appreciate that in some capacity um, there'll be admin fees where we justify oh this is for your you know perhaps a one-off fee of 300 pounds plus VAT for the preparation of your you know your rental increases and your tenancy agreements etc you can now implement that um still and just say you're still going to charge that 300 plus VAT every on a, on a uh, sort of 12 month uh, basis and this is where you can input the section 13s and the rental increases um, and having those conversations so you can still recoup that money and that revenue in some way if you're not already charging a renewal fee then I think now would be the time that you could actually start doing that by saying that your landlords again changing your business model and telling your landlords that we're no longer doing that only we're now collecting fees on a rolling month by month basis and this is going to be until either party serves notice um and i think that does sound quite daunting does sound quite scary especially for landlords that have never had to deal with that before or as a business you've never dealt with that before um that being said again if the tenant fee ban has sort of taught us anything we can adapt and we didn't think we were going to be able to recover costs from lots of admin fees uh, from tenants and we actually managed to work that round into certain businesses and I know some of our agents did as well and it wasn't as bad as we all sort of thought that it was going to be going to be that being said I do appreciate it was for some but for a lot it wasn't um, and I think it's just sort of taking that into consideration moving with the times and this is how it's going to be and this is how we're going to keep our business going. Uh, a, qu- a question from Stuart here um, around uh, thank you Stuart for taking the time um, how are agents going to claim 12 months worth of fees when the tenant can leave early? Um, so how are, how are agents uh, approaching that uh, dilemma? I think without a crystal ball, it's it's going to be so, so difficult for an agent to uh, to know what fee to take up front. And I think that's where it's going to switch from a lump sum payment like we do in a, in a let only currently. And I think that's where the monthly let only fees will, will be the new norm. I think even if a tenant vacates after four months, six months, eight months, whatever that might be, uh, it's it's going to be about the monthly revenue as opposed to those initial lump sum payments. Um, and as I said, that will that will just become the new norm. The alternative to that is you're going to, if you still as an agent want to take that lump sum up front, um, it just means that you're going to open up a capital firms in terms of having to reimburse or refund um, any element of overpayment of fees 
if at any point the tenants do vacate soon after the 12 month period it's just whether or not that's going to be something that you want to dive into or sort of make a part of your your new sort of structure in terms of fees yeah and we're we're really seeing lots of different models in our customer base people are already thinking about um i've heard of agents as you've mentioned taking a higher uh implementation fee if you will for the for the tenancy um so that less of it is dependent on the length of the tenancy um other other agents i've spoken to are looking at collecting their fees over a 10-month period where they're currently collecting over a 12-month period um uh, and securing their their fees that way and then using that uh, balance for the the next cost so um definitely a few things being tried trialed out there uh within the marketplace um i'm conscious we haven't spoken about oh sorry Aaron. uh just, just moving on to that i think what we aren't talking about is, is the fact that there is a real shortage of supply in the rental market at the moment it's very very well documented and i know ben beadle mentioned that the average tenancy length at the moment is is four years so I think those cases where tenancies are fewer than 12 months will become fewer and further between, um, particularly if more landlords do exit the market, there's fewer choice available for tenants. So I'm hoping this isn't going to be an obstacle for, for many agents to overcome, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, question from uh, Sarah, uh, Sarah or Sarah, apologies if I've, uh, I've got one of them right anyway, uh, around um, how, how, how our agents are planning to deal with rent paid up front. So where, where it's a requirement of the reference, so, uh, so the tenant has to pay up for a lump sum up front. Um, how, is, how is that going to be dealt with um, moving forward? Any, any thoughts on that? So this, I could probably link it back to one of the most recent webinars that we had with the solicitor from Dutton Gregory. And there's not going to be a restriction on agents taking 12 months rent up front. It's just the wording in the tenancy agreement, as opposed to it being 12 months up front in one lump sum. It's 12 individual sets of one month. So albeit it's the same outcome, it's it's simply just a case of the wording. So if if we find that a tenancy does end within that 12 month period, then, then sadly, a landlord will probably have to reimburse a, a tenant the money that they've paid. But ultimately, the landlord will have the peace of mind that they've got the rent in advance. Before we're moving on, anything, any, other, any other thoughts before we move on? Anything else we're hearing? I'll take that as a move on cost us then. Okay, uh, let's move into uh, our next section, uh, remaining compliant. Okay, uh, I think we've probably touched on a few of the things already. Um, I'm also aware we've quite a lot of questions coming in, so uh, I'll make sure that we have enough time to answer as many questions as we can as well. Uh, but in terms of keeping up to date, uh, what, uh, so, you know, Lauren, you know, you've run branches before, what, what kind of things, uh, would you be focusing on from that perspective, making sure that you're keeping up to date and how would you be doing that? Um, I mean, in terms of compliance, use the good Lord. No, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> um, but in terms of, <laughs> um, I would just, yeah, ensuring again, you've got a, a designated person within the business um, that looks after your compliance and just keeping on top of all of this, um, making sure that all of the terms of the business are where they need to be. Start prepping for your uh, tenancy agreements and your clauses to make sure, you know, your wordings or on your short tenancies. Um, you know, we don't necessarily know how or what it's going to impact right now. You can't necessarily get those tenancy agreements ready right now, but just to ensure that you're sort of staying um, you know, up to speed um, with with all of that, so to speak, as well. Um, you know, double checking webinars, um, podcasts, as Costa said at the beginning as well, just to ensure that you're not missing trick anywhere um, and that your staff are fully up to up to speed. Aaron, anything to add? Apparently, I think it's just paperwork. There's not been any legislation changes 
currently implemented regarding the renters reform bill. I think it's just planning in terms of tenancy agreements. Uh, when, if and when we know they need to be updated, make sure you know who you're going to go to, have a solicitor in mind, or start having conversations and, and start networking with various different professionals to utilize those contacts when the legislation does change you know immediately who your port of call will be to make sure your tenancy agreement is up to up to scratch. And one thing I'm, uh, one thing we haven't touched on, and I'm sure uh, there will be agents uh, with us today uh, that are focusing on student lets, um, thinking about the, the, the previous conversations we've had over the last sort of 40 minutes. Um, uh, Aaron, you're our student let specialist, uh, if I can call you that, within our business. Uh, you have the, yeah, you have, you have most uh, experience in this. Um, what, if I'm a student let uh, agent, what's, what would, what kind of things should, should be going through my mind at the moment? I think first of all, I'd probably say try not to panic. I think certainly from everything that I've read online, certainly from watching as many webinars as I can, the, the student let area is the one that is facing the most scrutiny. Um, I think in Scotland, there's a lot of lessons to be learned there. It's quite well published that a lot of the student landlords there are leaving the market because if they are losing tenants mid-tenancy, for instance, say in October, November, um, actually they're finding it really difficult to uh, find new tenants midway through the season. So I'm, I'm hoping that might be one area of the bill that does face some changes. Um, but also what it is a good opportunity to do is start having conversations with your landlords, bracing them for worst case that, that okay, this, is, this could happen midway through a tenancy, but in the majority of cases it won't. Or perhaps it's time to be having those conversations with landlords to say, maybe now if you carried out some refurbishment works, it could well work extremely well on the professional sharing market, not just relying on the student market. So I think try and do what you can to get ahead of the game, but also don't panic too, too much until we've got an exact outcome of what it looks like. Okay. Thank you for that. Thank you. From a compliance perspective, what you know um, is, is there concern in the market? Are agents worried at all? Is this, you know, or is it business as usual? There's always concern over legislation. I think so many things can go wrong with lettings because there's, there's so much legislation to adhere to. Um, but, but nevertheless, I think agents have been operating, working with industry change for, for X amount of years. And it's always going to be a focus moving forward. Um, so I, I think there's always a key focus to legislation. And as long as agents just keep doing what they're doing, whether that's bringing in systems like Good Lord, excuse the plug, um, to make sure they remain compliant, then then there shouldn't be a worry moving forward. Absolutely. And Nicole has actually made a valid point. Um, I've just seen in, in the questions that Good Lord will be on top of any new tenancy sort of templates, the changes, the registration changes, um, etc. So these will automatically be inputted onto the platform just to ensure that you are compliant, Nicole. So we will have you covered for sure. Absolutely. Yes. So yeah, those those aren't Good Lord users. Uh, the majority of our customers do use um, our, our own contracts uh, that are obviously uh, 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 compliant at all times uh and uh, therefore it's another another thing uh to help you sleep at night uh if you will fantastic um but next next slide for us thank you um so we've got some questions that are coming through um one of the questions we have is around opportunities uh from steph so in terms of opportunities was where, where are the opportunities here 
in the uh, Renders Reform Bill? Where, 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 where should, you know, where, you know, tenant fee ban, although that was a, a challenge, tenant fee ban also brought in uh, agents. Uh, I know a lot of agents, actually, that uh, the bit that we, where they were kicking themselves was the fact they didn't make the changes before and actually waited for a tenant fee ban to make them push them towards driving more revenue. But uh, where, where do you see the opportunities at the moment, um, Aaron? I know I keep circling back to it, but I think this is a great opportunity to re-engage with the elect-only landlords. I think there's going to be a lot of nerves from them because they know that this is one of the biggest legislation changes. And for many of them, it might just be that final nudge that they need to convert to a fully managed service. And for me, I think that's probably going to be the greatest opportunity. In addition to being able to have a pet insurance policy in place for whether that's existing tenants, whether that's any new tenants moving forward. We saw with the tenant fee ban that a deposit was capped, whereas historically you would always take a slightly larger deposit if there was a pet involved. Whereas now actually for the landlords that have been extremely reluctant to take pets, if you can now reassure them that there will be an insurance policy in place to cover any additional damages, I think that's really going to ease a lot of the concerns. Um, and Lauren, any 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 uh, opportunities there for, from your perspective? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this gives you the opportunity to really establish yourself as a market leader and against your competitors. Um, and I think you know, whilst Aaron has touched base on the fact that you can make contact with all of your let-only landlords, I think it's a case of actually making contact with any landlord on your portfolio to really have these conversations and really show them your worth as an agent. Your rent collection landlords could convert into fully managed landlords. You know, your let only is converting into to rent collection. Um, and I think as well, it's just like, again, as I said, establishing yourself as a market leader and making contact with um, sort of valuations you've recently had as well, making sure that, you know, you're really showing your worth as an agent. Um, to show them that actually the reason why they should come on board with you is because you know exactly what it is that you're talking about. You're you're ready. You're prepped for the renters reform bill. You know how this is going to work. You know what changes are being implemented. You can really reassure them. And this is the thing that the landlords, I think, are going to go are going to head towards you know conversations with landlords that you might have not had conversations with for a really long period of time you know those really nice landlords you've got on your books they're very easy they don't cause you much sort of uh, trouble you don't really have to speak to them on a, on a regular basis these really are going to be your little golden tickets because nine times out of ten these landlords also have properties with other agents if you're reaching out to these landlords and you're having these conversations and you're prepping them for this this is where you're going to be able to then open yourself up to more of their portfolio if they do happen to have any no, absolutely and we and there, we, yeah within our uh, our on-demand webinars there is a, a whole webinar on uh, landlord landlord MOTs and actually um, how much how much you can find out from those MOTs and I also know from a, another supplier in the market where, uh, where when agents first join them and one of their services is around um, uh, identifying landlords in their area but one of the first things that normally happens to an agent who believes that they have a full understanding of their landlords is they realise that actually their landlords have got a lot more properties than they ever knew uh, and some of them being rented out through other agents so um, yeah, having conversations now is a real opportunity to have conversations with landlords at your existing levels at the moment, whether it's around um, protecting protecting their thought process in terms of potentially thinking about selling uh, and maybe starting with the ones where the tenancy renewals are coming up earliest uh, and working your way through there. Uh, but also, yeah, but on the, on the flip side, 
there are still landlords out there that are are, are investing. They're also, they're seeing this as a, a really good marketplace. It's a it's a buyer's market at the moment, um, and therefore there's opportunities out there for landlords that can and have the means to grow. Um, and actually having those conversations because some of them might need the expertise of an agent or the connections that our agents have in terms of the right way to raise that capital, the right way to identify the right properties. And obviously, if you can help those landlords in increasing their portfolios, um, hopefully you'll be the, the the agent that they select to look after them once uh, once they've added into their portfolio. Um, so that's a, a, another another a real real benefit there as well. Okay, um, just going through the, the questions. Um, Aaron, how do we feel about taking on a uh, student letting question uh, in, about Scotland? So, um, put you on the spot a bit here. Let's let's give it a go. I'll do it. Um, um, so, do do we know do we know how how the Scottish market, how the Scottish agents agency market is coping with obviously student lets with no fixed terms at the moment? I think, dare I say, it's through women of prayer. No, I'm joking, of course. Um, I think what we're seeing is is that traditionally students have always run the course of their tenancy we know that their, their university course will run from september to to june july so whether a 10-month tenancy becomes the norm and um, certainly what i'm reading online is that tenants are vacating when they're supposed to so there hasn't really been too many too many issues all that it's done is it's caused a few concerns with landlords worst case scenario that a tenant could vacate after three months which is why they're now looking down the professional route but I think a lot of them are simply sticking to what they've done and and it's not presenting to be much, much of a problem at all. Fantastic. No, thank you for that. Um, uh, questions coming from, well, uh, a nice, a great statement from uh, from Darren. Darren, thank you for taking the time um, around uh, the fact that, you know, renters reform isn't a problem. You know, landlords have always had worse to deal with and they've survived. Um, therefore, you know, tax breaks is, was a bigger and a bigger impact to, to landlords than the rent reform bill will ever be. Uh, but actually, the biggest challenge at the moment is uh, is, is is mortgage rates uh, and and those landlords that are coming up for uh, renewals of the, on their mortgages, and and that's where it's really hurting at the moment. Um, any 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 thoughts on that, or do you want me to take this one? I think what we're seeing is certainly based on the inflation data that was released yesterday um inflation is coming down hopefully mortgage interest rates will will follow suit so it might just be a case of reassuring the landlords that the rental market is improving rental figures have gone up there is certainly scope there to increase rents beyond your typical 25 or 50 pounds a month that historically they've done and that might be something that that can be reviewed further down the line try and weather the storm try and increase the rent in line with market rates uh, try and cover as many losses as possible, but know that there should be light at the end of the tunnel when perhaps in two, three years' time, mortgage rates are far more reasonable than, than they are now. Yeah, and I think this this draws me back to a lesson that I learned during COVID. So right at the start of COVID, um, what we saw from, um, this is what I learned from some, some, some really great agents was that um, the first thing they did was to understand, go back through all their live tenancies uh, and understand their tenants a little bit better. So who was working in the food industry? Who was working in certain industries that are going to be most impacted? And what they did was get on the front foot for their businesses and for their landlords was to, to ring out to those tenants first to say, how are you coping? What's happening? Are you on furlough? Is your business closing down? Um, is there any way we can help? And get on the front foot with them and with the landlord, and uh, and that was a real, real benefit in understanding your customer base. And I think this is another example around mortgages. Um, a question I would give to agents is: 
do you know do you know which of your landlords actually have mortgages in place at the moment and which ones don't do you understand which of your landlords have big mortgages and which ones this actually will put into a negative value and which ones uh, actually will still be able to run uh, positively uh, with with the rent they receive at the moment so uh, so definitely something that uh, for, if you're having those conversations with landlords if you are reaching out and you're not aware at the moment um uh, if you don't get involved in on the on the mortgage and the finance side with your with your landlords is really to understand where are the risks in my customer base um where can where can i protect myself most and understanding my clients is probably a really a really great start from that perspective um another question uh so obviously we touched on um the the benefits of moving now from an annual uh one-off fee onto going onto a monthly fee in preparation for the renters reform bill and moving forward um there are there are concerns so james thank you for uh your question there are concerns of, of, a, of a black hole in agents revenue obviously they're used to getting that money up front and therefore uh you know over the 11 months of implementing a change within their business that will create a black hole and probably a black hole for some agents that uh maybe a little bit a step too far um any any ideas or thoughts on um on, on those agents that may be a little bit trapped from from taking that uh taking that approach at the moment I think what Aaron said earlier is um again sort of showing showing your worth and and seeing charging for the things actually now you can charge for um to try and sort of help recover um that loss there um, whether that be sort of compliance whether that be um legal advice um whether that be um you know additional uh, documentation fees such as um you know the rent increases etc um just sort of trying to charge sort of where you can whilst you can um at this moment in time to help sort of cover cover that yeah, absolutely uh, and i think you know and, and once again i think uh for jason from my perspective um you know you don't have to do it all overnight as well you can you can step into this there's definitely benefits there's definitely clear benefits once we're in a renters reform bill world um to taking your taking your fees monthly without a shadow of a doubt uh, especially if renewals will no longer be a thing so i think you know stepping it now and managing that for your business rather than potentially in future having to do a one a one cut uh, that obviously will 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 set you back uh, for some time or potentially um allow your competitors an edge over you um so um so totally totally understand that uh, the follow up to that james uh, is asking what, what's good lord doing to a huge uh, to to assist agents uh, in, in in this world um so uh, i can i can assure you james we are already looking at this we are looking at how we charge our own fees we are looking at the services that we we put through our platforms uh, that's over that we're looking at what other services agents can charge for um we've talked a lot about when we talked a lot about profit today and we've talked a lot about profit margins we've talked a lot about increasing revenue and to increase profit uh but actually one of the things that really hit hard on the tenant fee ban was looking at your existing businesses to see where you can make cuts there's two ways of making profits the first one is finding more business which is uh which is a, a tough gig at the moment although still very possible and the other one is obviously looking at how you can uh how you can save uh, existing costs within your business today um technology moves on and uh, a shout out for all our uh, fellow suppliers out there um typically uh, a client uses a small proportion or, or a proportion of the services 
that they pay for and is available to them. Um, so one of the other recommendations I'd definitely be giving to, to agents at the moment is reach out to your existing suppliers, find out what other features, find out what other services, find out what else they offer. Um, is there something you've missed? A lot of these features that offers, we, there'll be, there'll be free add-ons. A lot of these things aren't necessarily paid for, but they will be saving you time. They will be helping you, uh, manage your relationships with your clients a lot better. Um, so next time you speak to your, speak to your suppliers, whoever they may be, um, you know, ask the question, is there anything that you offer that I don't use today? And explain to me why, why I might want to start using, using that service, uh, or, or feature, uh, within your portfolio. Um, I think you might be amazed. And also the content wise, uh, another question from Hannah is around content and, and how do I keep up with content and, you know, and how do I write this content? There is so much content out there, uh, so much great contact out there, not just, just from good law, but, uh, I think if you, if you took an hour, just look through, um, some of our blogs. Uh, that can be also be landlord facing. So you can literally, uh, copy and paste, uh, and, uh, uh make it your own. Uh, but you know, it, there's lots of stuff out there that you can use, uh, to help you, uh, communicate, uh, uh with your landlords and so on. Um, I saw a hand up. <laughs> I was just going to say that, um, one of my agents that I was speaking with just the other day, knowing that their model might be switching to a monthly revenue stream what they actually did, it was a really great opportunity for them to look at their current business model, look at their current income, and also look at their current expenses, breaking it down to a very fine detail. Because from that, you know what monthly income you'll need to start generating in order to be cost neutral. And then anything above that is is pure profit. So it's a really good opportunity to look at your existing business model, look at all of your costs, and then understand moving forward what you need to achieve to cover your costs. You can break that down to how many new lets you need to achieve with with perhaps a slightly different setup fee, uh, taking away the, the lump sum payments that you'll get from a let only. Um, so it's from an agency perspective, I think a lot can be done in the lead up to this to understand your business in great detail. Um, and then one last question. Um, apologies. But there are so many questions that they won't be able to answer them all, but we will come back to you, uh, off, offline, uh, make sure that we can answer as many of these as possible for you. Um, but one of the things we haven't, uh, we haven't touched on. I've had quite a few questions. I think we need to, we need to touch on it is, is obviously, uh, rent caps and, uh, rent increases. Um, uh, how, 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 what agent, how agents thinking or how agents managing their, their landlords, uh, at the moment in terms of the proposals around, uh, rent increases moving forward in the conversations that we have had with our a lot of our customers have been that they're, they're, they're doing this on a realistic basis um and I, I think this is obviously to avoid any future sort of issues moving forward um with whilst there's no cap in terms of how much you can increase the rent as long as it's in market value um i think it's all about being realistic as well um making sure that you're really using your comparables things that pre- you've previously let that your competitors have previously let um just to ensure that they're putting their landlords in a really good uh, in a really good space um naturally you know there's going to be there, there will be a few occasions where they will go to the fair rent tribunal you know and it will be up to them they'll they'll obviously decide as to if if that increase whether it's very below market value and the increase although it's market value is exceptionally high if they agree to that to that uh, increase or not um but i think a lot of the conversations that we've been having with our customers is very has very much been on a realistic let's just get you the market value and these are the reasons as to why we think your property is worth this in today's market yeah. And there's, and there's been some, um, numbers recently re- re- released that actually showed that, um, where, 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 uh, uh, it has gone to, uh, 
uh, judicial uh, review in terms of the uh, the amounts of increases uh, there's been as many as many uh, judgments to say that actually you could charge more as there has been uh, you can't charge that much uh, so there's definitely a, a two way two way there um so i'm conscious of time uh, we have 1 minute left i want to thank everybody firstly uh, thank my panel um and also thank everyone for making the time this morning if you're watching us on uh, on catch up um i hope you had a great day week weekend uh, month uh, before before visiting us but uh, uh, great to see you too 